Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Welcome back to the Grid Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, as always. Uh, I'm here with uh, my co-hosts. Horts. Hostess. <laughs> my co- with the mostest. <laughs> my co-horts. Horts. <laughs> Hostess, Little Debbie, and the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy. <laughs> oh, God, you're so dumb. Hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got uh, my co-horts, Josh and Terry. Hello. Hi. Takes a dick to know a cop. <laughs> Hi, Gene. <laughs> You Watch are an episode. Movie. You are an episode three of series one. Religion, books, lines, and sinker. Ooh, ooh, that's a pretty creative name there, Josh. You're yeah. welcome. Where'd I you find that at? Your mom. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm let's kidding. Get off mom's. Room. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got off yours. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, the last two episodes, uh, if you've been listening, uh, the last two episodes we discussed how the modern church uh, indoctrinates people how they do it, and um, the methods in which they use, which was uh, church theatrics and uh, guilt and fear. Uh, This one is going to talk about how they institute that fear and guilt into you uh, in order for you to uh, mold, I guess, turn into a cookie cutter, as we have mentioned several times. You know, if you pay attention to televangelists, if you pay attention to the pastors that we warned you about, uh, you already kind of have an idea, and it's probably the reason why you don't want to be a a follower of Christ. So in this series, we're, or excuse me, in this episode, we're going to talk about um, those books uh, that, of course, is always on the suggested reading uh, material for uh, Assembly of God and people like denominations like that, uh, as well as church lines. The devil made me do it. Break that curse in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> I rebuke thee. <laughs> I rebuke you. <laughs> Whoa, that's not very nice. Well, that's what you get. What is it? What What does rebuke even mean? Like, let's break that down. I, I don't know. I just just what I heard from yeah. Assembly of God speak. Okay, yeah. Are you gonna look up the definition to? Figure oh, it out? sure. Yeah, I could look up the definition. Well, uh, I mean, let's see here. The the definition is fine. I mean, but um, the, the well, it's used all too often. It's like when people use the word racist and they Rebuke completely forgot what that means. means to express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions. So, I disapprove of you in Jesus' yeah. name. I criticize you in Jesus' name. I, that's, that's what I picked up from that's it. That's what I get. So, when someone says, I rebuke you, they're basically saying, I judge you. <laughs> well, in Jesus' I'm name, right, though, so it's and okay. you're wrong. <laughs> That's what they're saying. I rebuke you in Jesus' name, so it's okay because I'm I'm judging you. But it's in it's it's for the cause of Jesus. It's yeah. for the sake of Jesus. I don't. I Jesus don't. said it's okay, right? Gosh. Well, it's like that whole gossip thing, you know. Like uh, when you're at a prayer meeting, prayer meetings are like. Uh, well, at least when I was at a prayer meeting, uh, I haven't been to a prayer meeting in a, over a decade, but. I remember this very clearly. You go to a prayer meeting and it's perfect for gossip because it says, oh, I want you to pray for so-and-so, bless their heart. You know that the next line out of their mouth is going to be all kinds of shit that's just gossip. Do you remember that? You know oh, what I'm dude, talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> you go to, I, I, I learned so much about people who I went to church with just by going to those meetings because it was talked about later. 
over ambrosia salad and uh, some crappy ham that was left in a crock pot. I mean, why, why, why don't they just say it straight up? Why don't they just say exactly how they feel and then say, but we'll pray for them. So like, oh, Jeannie, she's such a slut. But you know what? She needs God. <laughs> why, why don't they just say that? And Well, bless her heart. What? I No, well, I, you go back to the example of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I do not remember what verse it is where Jesus said, you slut, get up. You're forgiven. I don't remember that. No. But, of course, it happens in today's church, uh, especially when you go to those small-town churches. It's like, man, you don't even want people to pray for what's really going on because you know that your business is going to be on some secret Facebook later. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Hey, let us pray with you. What's really going on in your life? Fuck you. I'm not saying shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... I'm not not taking the bait on that one. What's that televangelist uh, on uh, the Trinity broadcast, like Tammy Faye Baker and the other one that got together, and it's like, you can uh, email your prayer, too. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay. Even better in writing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I smoked a pound of weed and had sex with a bunch of whores. (laughs) My name is Ben Walter. Yeah. Hey, everybody, (laughs) pray for me. Yeah, the last thing I'm gonna do is email my prayer to you with yeah. a with a payment of 19.95. I run for a political office, you know, 30 years later, not thinking about that confession, and oh, surprise! You're running for county commissioner, and it's like Ben Walter smokes a bunch of weed and had sex with a bunch of hooers. This next on Channel Eight News. Hey, everybody! I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm picturing your face when that gets brought up to you by Billings Gazette or Color 8. It says here that. Oh, well, I politely decline to run anymore for county commissioner your of the 3rd District. <laughs> and then there sits Terry just laughing, breathing through his teeth. <sighs> oh, shit. Yeah, you know, we never had prayer groups in uh, when I was going to the Catholic Church. Um, oh, but well, did you do confessionals? But confessionals. Confessionals. Yeah. Or uh, confessions. So, I, you know, I, I only did confession like once or twice. And, and that was when I was like a little kid. Other than that, I, I felt weird going into a room with another older man, very old man. <laughs> weird how yeah, that works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, like, well, what, what's considered a sin? Is it. Uh, is it the the masturbation? Just start oh from God. the beginning. Yeah. If masturbation is a sin, then there's no repenting yeah. for me. <laughs> the priest is all sweating. Now, yeah. his brow. now uh, oh, save shit. five Hail Marys. <laughs> five Hail Marys and you'll be for absolved. every masturbation? Oh, my yeah. God. Like, well, you know, I... I, 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 uh, I don't have a rosary big enough yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to turn off my browsing history yeah. now. <laughs> Pre-internet. Yeah. Pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, so that's, that's a lot of beads, and I'm yeah. not talking <laughs> anal. <laughs> We might have to cut that. Yeah, this is a Christian podcast. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Take your dick to know a cock. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you know, we never had that uh, little prayer circle where everyone can talk shit to each other or, or sh- shit about other people. Yeah. Uh, those were usually uh, after Sunday service when we had our meals together and everyone would get in their little groups mm. and then they just start talking shit about everybody else that comes to church. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So essentially a, a prayer circle, uh, just without the prayer. And ambrosia salad. Yeah, without I'm the not prayer. I'm not getting off of that. Dude, yeah. you and your ambrosia salad. Uh, it was potato hungry? salad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, I am Potato hungry. salad was an upgrade. 
That's an upgrade. Yeah. And uh, if you had roasted upgrade. chicken instead of fried chicken, because fried chicken was always like the main course. Mm. You remember that? Because you could buy it like 50 piece for, you know, like 20 bucks from, you know, some grocery store somewhere. Man. Yeah, this was know. northeastern Montana. We yeah. didn't have oh, that shit. This is South Florida, buddy. Oh, okay. Or in Forsyth, especially too. Nah, man, it was like a crock pot full of so like ha- like ham soaking in ham juice oh yeah with uh with a can of pineapples yeah. next to it like this like the already cut pre-cut pineapple the dole it was like a it was like a cut of ham with like dark purple and purple oh my God. like pick which flavor and nine kinds of ambrosia salad uh, free will donation will be taken for the potluck but that doesn't mean free will <laughs> <laughs> it's sad because i know what you're saying yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that's <laughs> And for those of you, you, you who got the church treasurer, you know, and it's usually some 80 year old lady that and that's fine. that has purple hair and, and, and that's OK. But I'm saying it's usually 80 years old. Uh, she's watching the free will donation basket as people are coming in to uh, to grab that paper plate. And she looks down at the paper plate, sees that you've grabbed it. So then she'll look, you know, give you a, a nonverbal cue to the bucket where, you, you know, the free will donation is supposed to be put. You're like, bitch, I thought this was I'm free. Like, I, and yeah. And I. <laughs> I basically did as a youth pastor. I never had any money. So basically what I did was I just patted my pockets and said, well, shrugged my shoulders and said, that's it. This is from all in the yard. <laughs> yeah. this, this is free, like, right? Uh, I, I just I just got done scrubbing the toilets this morning. So I worked for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I earned this. Praise yeah. Jesus. I deserve this. <laughs> double fist and hamburgers. <laughs> yeah. All double fist and hamburgers over here. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get as much in your gullet as possible. Yeah. Well, first of all, the hamburgers were, that wasn't a potluck. That was for, for my daughter's birthday party. But, you know, like the church was invi- invited or whatever. We did burgers. I grilled the burgers. So you bet your ass that I took two. Why do you use? And completely like loading them up with condiments, loading them up with, with extras, anything that I possibly could get on, all the fixings times two. But wait, you weren't fat for very long, were you? Because a fat man would know. You don't want to be seen double fists and burgers, so you put those patties together. I had no idea somebody was taking a picture of me, and those were two double burgers. So, <laughs> so little, they were already smushed together. With a little birthday cone yeah. on his head. And that uh, little uh, thread just digging into your chins. Yeah. Yeah. If you're <laughs> real lucky, if you're real lucky, we'll post that on our grit Instagram. Man. Okay, that's fine. I, I'll allow it. It's okay. Hey, I don't mean to bring this up now, but I just want to let all you listeners know that we are also we are on Spotify, but we are also on iTunes and Google uh, Podcast. Uh, soon to come will be iHeartRadio, Pandora, and YouTube. Whoa. So, uh, yeah, I know. I've been doing a lot of work with that. So Ooh, stay YouTube. tuned. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's, it's going to be like a YouTube. Man, we're making it somewhere. Yeah, I have a face for radio. We've done that. Well, yeah. we're not going to be in, like, it's not going to yeah. be a video. Not oh, yet. Well, yeah, you yeah, said yeah, YouTube, I mean, so I got my hopes. Up. Well, but YouTube has I mean, do you, do you want uh, you want to lose listeners I do. by having <laughs> sweat, <laughs> fat, sweaty guys? Just Talking about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think we'll do that. Uh, no, well, no. I mean, but you can still go through YouTube and have a podcast. and then Maybe we'll, just post a picture. That's cool though. M- multiple ways to uh, to listen to us though. That's what you're saying, Josh. Yeah, yeah. We are on Facebook. We yeah, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Look us up, Gret. I don't really know. Follow us, like us, love us, whatever it is, uh, whatever you do on whatever social. Please, media. this is all I have. Yeah. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> um, yeah. On that note, Hold this on. is Grit. Deuteronomy twelve thirty two is pretty clear. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. 
I don't know. Hear, hearing that uh, that soundbite makes me think uh, uh, there's a lot of pastors and a lot of so-called theologians who love to add to, but it seems like there's a hidden purpose there. Well, sure. Well, it's their, their own opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and their opinion matters to them, you know. Um, but if it's believable enough, then it matters to enough people, and then that becomes gospel uh in the minds of the people that they're trying to persuade so that's great well and i think that all goes to the idea well especially like when they when you read their books for those who don't know, understand the scripture or understand what it's like to have a relationship with christ versus having a religion with christ you kind of read that and you're like dude i'm gonna burn in hell for eternity like that whole uh what's that story about the i know the catholics really push this where um they say the bird, if you can imagine a bird coming and pecking at the earth for five minutes every day and coming back every day and doing it for five minutes until the earth is nothing, the bird's yeah. pecked it away. That's just a scratch of the infinity that you'll spend in hell. It's like those fear tactics when they, when they, when they write these books, they, they forget scripture and they completely go towards personal opinion. Yeah, and it was the, like, I remember this too. And, and this, that's the thing with, with fear, like it, it sticks with you. It stays with you. Uh, and you remember little things about it. You were talking about the bird pecking. It, there was more to it. It was bird pecks for five minutes every five years and takes a grain of sand with it. Uh, and by the time by the time that he has built a mountain uh, of the the grains of sand that he pecked for five minutes every five years, by the time he's built a mountain, that's the beginning of infinity. Yeah, and and and, and then of course that's a nice segue into however. If you read my book, you will understand, and it will convert you. Yeah, you'll understand. Listen, if I can be convinced that I need Christ, then I can also be convinced that I don't need Christ. Exactly, and I think that's what they miss, and that's what's honestly that's what's happening today. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks for rounding that up, Terry. Yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah. No. No, I, I did hear the one about the the bird uh, pecking or whatever, but it was like a boulder. And it'd only do it once a year, and then once it's down or whatever. That would just be like one minute in hell. Yeah. It's, and again, whether, whether you, you, you choose to believe the hell that the, the church has created versus the hell that's mentioned in the Bible, it doesn't really matter. But it's those kind of – it goes along with those uh, people who sit on a street corner and scream into the, into the microphone that if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. Well, if you don't, if you're talking to somebody who is not looking for uh, an afterlife, but they just want purpose in life, that's not going to help. And in today's world, most people are, are looking for a purpose. They're not looking for a, a way out of their death. They're looking for a reason to live today. And Christ made that pretty clear in the Gospels, uh, how to live a, a purposeful life uh, without the fear of hell. Hell, I mean, I, I believe even Jesus said, I did not come to this world to condemn it, but to save it. And when you think of when you think of just the words of Jesus saying that, it kind of makes all these books and 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 uh, roadside preachers who are threatening hell. It kind of makes them obsolete, in in my opinion. Yeah. So back to the purpose you were talking about, uh, people just looking for purpose and people looking for uh, meaning or um, uh, I don't know 
purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> porpoise. Yeah, <laughs> porpoise. Thanks. <laughs> um, back to that, though. Uh, we were just watching uh, even just the beginning clip of Rick Warren talking about, back in 2006, talking about his book, The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, and, of course, back then, bestseller, huge. I mean, huge, not just amongst uh, uh, Christian communities, not just among, amongst the, the religious circles, but it was a huge book by all means and purposes. So so he was asked, you know, like, hey, did you ever think this, this was going to be a bestseller? And he says, uh, well, no. And he says, well, why, why do you think it was? And he says, well, because, you know, people are looking for something. They're, they're looking to fill emptiness. You remember that? I we do. we, we yep. just caught that. Like not even not even, you know, a couple of minutes ago we were looking at that and said, "Well, wait a second. So okay, when he wrote the book though, my question is, when he wrote the book, did he know it was good? did he intentionally play on um individuals did he intentionally play on hum- the human race's emptiness as Fear. a whole yeah did he intentionally play on that and say this is going to sell because people are just going through day to day and they need to be told or they feel like they need to be told hey this is how you should be living your life so did, did he play on that in order to sell the book or did he really not know oh i had no idea i was going to sell this because in one word in one in one line he says no i i had no idea it was going to sell like this but then he has the, he knows exactly why it did sell like that, and it was because of the emptiness uh, that people had looking for something, looking for purpose. Exactly. And then what what they do is then they take a, a verse of the Bible uh, out of context, uh, add a little bit of context to it, and then say, or then build their whole thesis on this one or two or even three scriptures. Uh, but then they take it a little too far, where it start you start understand or you start to hear. Uh, a narrative of servitude or you start hearing uh, a narrative of, and again, it's based on that fear where it's like, yeah, you have a purpose and it tells you that purpose. But then they say the consequence of not fulfilling that purpose is hell. And I think the Catholics really did a good job of touching on that because again, in the early church days, it was, uh, uh, they took the teachings of Christ and turned it into a form of control. Yeah. Well, and then it became one or the other. I don't know. And, and Terry will speak on this as well but it's then it became a form of control like you said where it's one or the other you either do this because this is what the church says or not and if you're not doing it you're not doing what the church says thereby you're going to hell right so it's either one or the other you do what the church says or not and it's it's all comes down to control yeah the uh, catholics are pretty good at uh, touching on things you know usually it's uh, <laughs> boys but. boys but uh, <laughs> bazing bazinga uh, <laughs> wait it's all right. Nah, nah. I used to be a Catholic, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm self-deprecating. But they would they would play on that fear of uh, going to the everlasting hell uh, if you don't repent. There's seven layers of hell, like a salad. The seven layer the seven salad. La- that's I was, a dip. Lots I was, of mayonnaise. That's not a salad. No, that's, that's a, a dip. dip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Can we get some Doritos with that? But, but they do. I, and, you know, one of the books, because uh, we're going to talk about, again, this is uh, books, lines, and sinker. Uh, this is a lot about how the church molds you into that cookie cutter. One of the books, and again, we're all going to touch on a book that, we underst- you know, that we've read and, and applies to this. Uh, the first book that um, we're going to talk about was uh, a, an author, by an author named Dev- uh, David Benoit. Uh, my mom, uh, uh, and it wasn't really her, it was more of the Assembly of God, made uh, her... Uh, 
essentially introduced the, uh, his series of books, uh, you know, Elevator to Hell, things like that. But the one book that stuck with me was 14 Things Witches Hope Parents Never Find Out. I had to read this book, uh, Ben and Terry, and I'm going to tell you, the books, uh, or each chapter, I, I, I can't even go into it. Like, each chapter was, it took something that was in pop culture in the early to mid-90s and said, you shouldn't be allowed, you shouldn't let your kids watch this. Uh, two of them were was the Smurfs because of Gargamel and Azrael and their little blue uh, um, aborted children uh, who went around <laughs> and casted curses on people. Oh, my God. And then the other one was like, well, I mean, they talked about Simpsons and things and Beavis and Butthead, but then they talked about wishing trolls that, oh my. I swear to God. I it, remember this. No, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is how I was brought up. The Smurfs were bad. Yep. Yep. This, I, I got to watch like three episodes and then the next day, no, no more next Saturday, no more Saturday morning cartoons with the Smurfs. I won't even say the Snorks were in there too. Because yeah, the, snorks were like a spinoff of the Smurfs or something. Yeah, that and weird. that was a penis on their head because every time they got excited, they <laughs> got circumcised penis. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> An elephant penis. <laughs> but I mean, it looked you, like Gonzo on top of their head. It did. <laughs> but again, the, I think the point is here is that uh, when you read these books and they tell you exactly what's evil or what's considered evil, uh, and it. And then when you read that book, you're like, well, these are all things that I watch when I'm 13, 14, 15. They try to scare you at an early age to make you, again, it all goes towards that conditioning, that, that reprogramming of somebody who they consider is not a Christian, and then they become a Christian. But you have to avoid the Simpsons, the Snorks, the Smurfs, Wishing Trolls, uh, whatever else that uh, David Benoit was trying to get across. And of course, it was witches that did it. You know, it wasn't just modern mainstream. It was a bunch of fucking witches sitting in their basement around a crystal ball going, how are we going to screw with Christians today? I know. Let's make the Smurfs. Dude, the hypocrisy, though, is <laughs> is outrageous, though. The, <laughs> here's the thing. They'll tell you what you can and can't listen to, what you can and can't see in culture, but then they'll steal culture from um, a secular uh, from a secular background for example i don't know if you remember this like uh they would sell like hot cakes at uh bible camps uh during the summer where you have these t-shirts that like instead of reese's peanut butter cups it's like jesus i don't know something or other but oh or mountain dew sermon on the mount with jews like that's that's what it would say but it'd be the mountain dew logo but it would be it would say or or abercrombie and french uh fitch it was a bread come <laughs> what is on uh, your mind there? Slip there. Yeah. Benjamin. Abercrombie and Fitch was a breadcrumb and fish, you know, and it would look like the Abercrombie and Fitch logo. But yet out of the other side of their mouth, they're saying, whoa, don't go. Don't shop at Abercrombie and Fitch because they, you know, they have underage nudity in their ads, which they they, they kind of did, which is weird. But but the fact that, you know, it's OK to use that in Christian culture as long as you turn it around and say, well, it's for Jesus. This makes it OK. Mm-hmm. Let's, what do you think, Terry? I had no experience with that at all growing up. Have you have you ever seen any of those culture theft T-shirts, like any of those Christian T-shirts? The only uh, <laughs> here we go, here we go. Uh, yeah. He so, knows all about culture theft. Yeah, yeah. Steal oh. my culture. Yeah. <laughs> Steal my sunshine. Yeah. I was lying on the grass <laughs> Sunday morning of last week. Oh, so you said the only thing that you know about? What do you know about? Well, I went to one Bible camp. Actually, it was two. One, one of them, I can't remember if it was by uh, uh, Haver, and the other one was Hungry Horse. 
I know all about that yes. one. Hungry Holy Horse, Montana, shit. you say? Yeah. That's Glacier Bible Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh and I have both been there. I was never there as a youth. I was actually there only as a youth pastor. Uh, no, as a youth, though. I was there. My wife was there as a youth, too. I wonder if uh, you guys ever crossed paths. Mm, well, nope. there was this one girl. Yeah. I was a youth. <laughs> well, oh, you know, that, that girl, she's such a slut. Bless her heart. <laughs> that wasn't my wife. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, the uh, the pastor that took us was named Pastor Hunt. I don't know if his first name was Mike or Mike. not. Oh, God. <laughs> <It could've been. laughs> or Mark. Mark, yeah. But, uh, you know, he uh, took a bunch of us to the Hungry Horse uh, Bible Camp. And what the only thing that really stuck with me in my mind was that he would not pull over to let my older cousin use the bathroom, who ended up pooping his pants <laughs> because he did not pull over. He's like, nope, oh we're not pulling God. over. That's a distraction of the devil. Man. Yeah. So, Break that curse in Jesus' name. Oh, my yeah. God. So that kind of, you know, brought the whole distrust with me when uh, with religion was you have this guy that's a pastor that won't fucking pull the goddamn car over and let the kid poop outside. No, he let him <laughs> shit his pants. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's that's terrible it is yeah (laughs) how long did you have to sit in the car with the kid with shitty pants until we got to uh, want to say it was like 30 minutes i mean as a not even as a youth pastor but just as a person how can you sit in a car with a heater or uh, a ac on just circulating that shit Oh, there was AC? No, there wasn't. It was, uh, no it was, hot, it was hot as balls van. in this fucking on, panel man, van. He's from Poplar, I know. Passenger van, AC. Yeah, AC. Must be out yeah. <laughs> this was like the middle of the 90s, man. They didn't have AC. It was the window. He rolled it down. <laughs> to the walls. Yeah. But we never had the whole uh, T-shirt thing or whatever. You know, we go and... Uh, yeah, I, I can barely remember what they taught us there at this Bible camp. It was just... I could just remember... Eating lunch, yeah, breakfast, and dinner, and uh, and then uh, you don't these... remember the three-hour chapels or the speaking no. in tongues oh or the God, that was, that was uh, the worst. And if you didn't speak in tongues, you couldn't leave. Maybe I maybe I uh, blocked oh. it out. I don't know. <laughs> oh man! Or those girls from Helena who just oh, kept and, and I do remember yeah. uh, oh, Ro- yeah, Romans sixteen nineteen, 19 says. says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only yeah. thing I can remember from that <laughs> that era. So. Hey, so I was looking up T-shirts while you were talking there, and I found a few more, you know, because I was looking for references. So Mike Tyson must have made this Christian T-shirt because instead of Facebook, it's Faithbook. Oh, my. (laughs) Here's another one. Imagine a Heinz ketchup logo, and instead of seeing Heinz ketchup, it says, ketchup with Jesus. (laughs) Amen. So I'm not crazy. These T-shirts were were all over the place, and especially at Bible camp. Man, I mean, these guys had to figure out how to market. We've been talking about money and how it's money and everything else. It's like, eh, I don't know if my church is about money. Look at the stuff they sell. Look at the stuff. Look at the stuff they promote. Like, come on, man. Facebook. <laughs> Spinal. Spinal. My back broken. You mean like a vertebrae or spinal? <laughs> faith book I faith you know like faith you know like um, um I get it I got no faith I, is I, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see faith but I'm telling you Mike Tyson made it faith book with a with a like <laughs> button yeah. it does it has a thumbs up it has a thumbs up it says faith book and then it has a, a, a thumbs up come on hey any way to make a buck though but these pages ain't holy 
The only <laughs> thing holy about it is the seven dollars it costs to buy it. Oh man, just like just like episode one that I can't. Anyway, back to the subject, please. We were on the subject. <laughs> so you were talking about. So listen, you were talking about. The culture stealing of culture. And, like, yeah, yeah this, the, I was talking about the stealing of culture. You were talking about culture and how they didn't approve of it, right? They were like, no, the Smurfs are no good. Harry Potter, that's of the devil. Um, you know, what else is of the devil? The snorkels uh, with the penises on their head. And, but the thing is, it's picking and choosing. They're saying, well, we're not, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Okay, but then they'll take, they'll sit there and take right. culture, uh, you know, like modern day culture from you know, secular society, and then they'll they'll turn it around and use it. It's like, man, if I had if I had somebody else's idea to grab, and I just put my name over the top of it, you know, like uh, oh oh, instead of Ben Roethlisberger, what Ben Walterberger? Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, and you know, and yes, Donnie, we will go to the In and Out Burger. Yes. <laughs> Have a few beers, a few laughs. <laughs> Fucking troubles are over, dude. Well, but I, I don't even know why we're that surprised because then you look at like what they did with the Bible itself, right? So one of the examples that we talked about during uh, pre-production was uh, slavery. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, you know, talked about with uh, that Amory guy who got shot and uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, you when you focus in on when, when people try to use or twist laws and twist uh, uh, rights to make a narrative, right? Uh this comes as no surprise because it even goes back to uh, during the days of slavery. Um, what they do is they, they twist scripture and they, and they twist the Paul's writings to fit a particular narrative. Uh, and especially early Americans did this a lot. Uh, you know, there's a really good article by the Washington post and it's dated April 30th of 2019 where they really kind of do, a, they do a really good job of digging into how uh, uh, early white people, um, and I, and of course, anybody who knows me knows that I cringe when I say that because I hate when that's used, but it's, in this case, it's true. Um, one of the things they would do, especially their, the way they would justify, uh, Christians would justify slavery is by, uh, saying that, well, yes, we are enslaving them, but we're also saving their soul in the process. Um, but they would remove the teachings of Christ when he would, uh, uh, and this article talks about this. They would remove the teachings of Christ when he talks about breaking the chains of slavery, and they also remove the entire book of Exodus, um, so that they it, it would get out of their heads that uh, God is actually a redeemer, a breaker of chains, and uh, someone who removes slavery. Um, and they would, and these and these slave masters would use this particular uh, verse where it's in, uh, uh, you know, or not verse, but they, you know, this was one of the explanations where. It's those men of God argued that the sermons on the injunction of Ephesians and Colossians, slaves obey your earthly masters, would promote uh, them to be docile among enslaved workers. So they would concentrate on, first of all, they would remove these verses out of context, and then they would take these verses and they would uh, essentially put them out to the slaves to say, no, uh, you know, slaves obey your earthly masters. It, you know, God said that. And it's like now, okay, now wait a minute though. Nah, 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 nah. That's uh, why don't you keep reading Ephesians and Colossians? The idea is that Jesus is the breaker of chains, not the one who creates them. And so, I mean, we can look at these books all day and 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 understand that these guys are coming up with a narrative. But um, 
at the end of the day, it's it, they do it with the Bible itself. Well, that's the biggest trick. Uh, only partial truths still sound a whole hell of a lot like the truth, mm-hmm. because if half the story is believable, then whatever else they, whatever else it is that they're telling you, why why wouldn't that be believable too? So taking something out of context and then putting your own opinion on it and then transferring that through an interpretation of an opinion uh, still sounds a lot like the truth. Exactly. No, that, that, and that's what they, and we see that historically with how we treated slaves when they came over here. The book that was uh, written and created specifically to break the chains of slaves and to bring hope to people who otherwise wouldn't have any hope was actually used to justify slavery itself because of one or two lines that Paul said. But again, Paul was not talking to, you know, normal people who were just trying to get a better life. He was talking to actual slaves. And so these are people who found God while they were already slaves, right? But then these settlers would go over or, you know, uh, early Americans would go over and slave these people specifically and then use the scripture to justify their slavery and keep them in check. That's not what Paul was doing. He was speaking to people who were already slaves, you know, and I, I, looking at that article and then understanding the Bible the way I do and and understanding the letter, you know, where Paul was coming from and the letters that he was writing, you kind of look at that and you just, you, you almost get sick because that same mentality though, even though the church isn't justifying slavery today, they're still using that same mentality to do to or to do that to their own uh, congregation. They're yeah. not slaves, but they're slaves of thought. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and it's uh, crazy. Um, Paul was talking to slaves back then. Um, just because society went through a learning phase during that time, though, doesn't make it right. You know, uh, so the thing is with, you know, society. Yeah. So there were slaves during that time. And of course, he was appealing to uh, what was going on in society during that time. Now, unfortunately, the Bible was written so long ago. uh, There weren't cell phones. There weren't there. There wasn't Facebook. (laughs) You and Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. So there there wasn't there wasn't any anything like that. Uh, And just because it happened then in society uh, doesn't make that doesn't make it right. However, it also means that it needed to be addressed when the Bible was written because there was slaves, because slavery was rampant. And it's still yeah, today. Yeah, still today. But but because it was then, it was written. Paul was talking, like, like Josh said, already to slaves, people that were already slaves. That doesn't make slavery okay. Exactly. Because again... Christ, you know, you're talking about John 8, 38. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There was nothing in, in Christ's teachings that wanted anybody to be slaves uh, to anything. As a matter of fact, you know, when he mentions slaves, um, he mentions being, you know, not slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. I think that's Matthew chapter 10. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like, if you're going to be a slave to anything, if you're going to pursue anything, it would be that. It doesn't make slavery okay. It doesn't make one person's authority over another person okay. Um, but if you're going to uh, commit all of your time, effort, and energy into something, commit your time, effort, and energy into righteousness, not sin. Correct. And then we look at how that's, how that transcends to uh, that early American culture. I mean, not only did they do that to slaves, but then they used the Bible to, to justify manifest destiny, saying, well, you know, the natives of this land are dying, so that must mean God's doing it. It's like, no, man, 
That's not what's happening. What's happening is you're instituting death and destruction and you're trying to coerce the people who are eh, on the fence. I don't know. I don't know if this is right. Oh, well, it must be right because that's what God's doing. And it's like, nah, that's not what God's doing. You're doing it. You're killing people. And you're saying you're killing people in the name of God. When in fact, Christianity had already undergone like six renaissances since Christ had died and established his church here on earth. It's like, how many renaissances, how many times does God need to intervene with the Holy Spirit before you get the point that you can't use scripture, twist it and manipulate it to create some narrative that makes people follow you because you want their money, you want their time, you want their land, you want their resources. It's bullshit. Absolutely. I agree. 100% it's bullshit. Fast forward to today with something that I like to call subtle slavery in the fact that you basically offer yourself to a church uh, in servitude, you know, and you say, yeah, I could, let's say you you have, you're mechanically inclined. Uh, I, I could work on a couple of the church vehicles, you know, from time to time. Uh, or, you know, like uh, me as a youth pastor um, with my wife, uh, when we were youth pastors, basically they had us in the clutch. They had us in the grasp because we couldn't say no. So, okay, you're youth pastors, but we also want you to do some associate duties. We also want you to be a worship pastor. We also want you to do the children's ministry. We also want you to clean the church. We uh, we have some carpentry work that needs to be done, and I'm, I don't know much about that, but I'll help, you know, or whatever. You can't say no, because if you say no, you know, then you're you're going to hell. Massa will be pissed. Yeah, exactly. And, and these head pastors will obviously have a, a, a phone directly to God that's telling them, you know, uh, Pastor Ben needs to go ahead and do this or else he's going to go to hell. Yeah. Bullshit. That's not how the, any of this works. And Christ was very, very, very uh, detailed when he said, how do you enter the kingdom? I mean, I look at the thief on the right, who I believe is the first, you know, essentially the first Christian to enter the gates, Right. He was a Christian for five minutes, and this all goes back. You know, everything ties in together. If if you're listening since the beginning, you understand that all of this ties together. You know, the pathway to heaven is 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 not that hard to walk, right? Love God, love others. What else is there? But according to the scripture, Ben, you need to fix those uh, those uh, vehicles. Or else you're not, you know, you're obviously falling away from God because you're not going to fix the truck. Well, if you don't fix the truck, here's the other thing that happens too. Not only are you falling away from God, but you're distracting other people. You're you're becoming an instrument of the devil. Okay, because what happens is you don't fix the brakes on the truck. You know, what happens is they get in an accident. Well, you know, that's your fault, and you were being used as, as an instrument of the devil. Well, the devil made you do it. The devil yeah. made you, you know, not want to fix the truck is essentially what they would say, what any church would say. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, I've got a story uh, that I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it and I know I've shared it with you. I, I was in college and this was a long time ago because I'm old. Um, so which college was that, Ben? <laughs> Alchemy. Can I say that? Can I say that? Hogwarts? Absolutely. Trinity Bible College. You in paid Ellendale. your you paid your money to go there, bro. In, you can talk about it all you Trinity want. Trinity Bible College in Ellendale, North Dakota. Ugh. So I had um, uh, several <laughs> friends there, believe it or not. Um, and, uh, one, one day we were up late and it was probably about five of us. We were up late and, you know, like we were just deciding to have a little fun. We were bored because, uh, Bible colleges have like curfews and shit like that. You have to be in like on the weekend or, uh, 
during the normal week, you'd have to be in by 11 o'clock, you know, and then the curfew uh, over the weekend was one o'clock. So, I mean, the thing is, we're sitting around on a weekend night having nothing to do after one o'clock. You know, we're college students. So, of course, we're staying up late, you know, got nothing to do the next day. And uh, we hatched this idea to go down to the second floor. It was a third floor dorm. We, we all lived on the third floor and we decided to go down to uh, the second floor dorm and remove in their community bathroom all of the stall partitions uh, between the, the toilets. So imagine this, the doors to the, to the stalls were still there. Like you still had all of the doors to each of the toilet stalls. Um, but when you walked in, we removed all the partitions. So, <laughs> so you you're could taking see... a duke next to a guy and he could, you yeah. guys could talk to one another. You, yeah, you could see the toilets all the way across. Like, and, and the thing is, so we took these partitions out and we moved them down to the basement. And, and so then when, you, when we went back upstairs, we made sure that there was only one roll of toilet paper to use between all of the toilets for the second floor is essentially we were playing a prank. Okay. Like if anybody has ever done this before, you know, no, fantastic. I have never done that. Yeah. Okay. Ever. It was fun, but it's pretty clutch. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. If I walked into my college dorm, and I'm sitting next to a bunch of sweaties taking a growler in the, in the morning. It's like, Hey, Hey, yeah. Cause the dorms didn't have bathrooms in them. I don't know if other dorms do or not. You know, this is the only college I went to, but uh, it was a community bathroom right in the center of the floor. And so you've got all these toilets that basically you walk in the door and, uh, unless you're really comfortable with somebody, only one person can take a dump at a time. So, but if you're really comfortable, then yeah, go for it. Everybody can take a dump at the same time. It's a party. <laughs> so we removed these partitions. We brought them downstairs. And the next day, obviously, I don't know if the guys on second floor were really bitching about it. And it's not co-ed dorms. These are just guys only dorms. I don't know if the guys were bitching about it or if the dean of students found out about it, but there was an emergency meeting the very next night. Everybody in our dorm had to meet the dean of students with the resident director and discuss these partitions that were removed. And of course, the five of us, we didn't say anything. We, we weren't going to fess up to it. No, we, we didn't do it. So they started by inciting like fear. Do you realize how much it's going to cost to replace these? Do you realize how much, uh, you know, what happened because you've compromised the integrity of the structure of these partitions? First of all, we, didn't, we did not remove the anchors from the walls. And we knew that, like the five guys there, we knew that. So we're like looking at this guy like, okay, first of all, you're trying to make a big deal about something that's not a big deal. Like, we'll just put him back as soon as we get done with this meeting. You're a big deal. Yeah, big deal, Ben. So, uh, so you know, he, he goes on, he says, it's going to cost, you know, this much money. We need somebody to come forward now. Fuck, I'm not coming forward. Hell no. Shit. <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking at everybody else, and they're all just kind of looking off into space, you know, like one of those do-do-do, you know, like whistling. <laughs> uh, who could have done it? <laughs> so, so then he drops what, what I think he intended to um, – to bring on a spirit of conviction because it wasn't just that we had done it it was the timing of when we had done it and it, we didn't do this intentionally I, I promise you Josh I promise you Terry we did not do this intentionally but it happened to be during the week every year that's called spiritual emphasis week there's always a week like that so with assembly of God churches 
so basically there's like this, you know, uh, this week every year that, you know, we have extra chapel services or the chapels are extra chapel services are extra long. Yeah. We have chapel as well. Sorry. That's one of our like classes. We don't, don't show up then we'll fail. He was, he dropped a truth bomb on us or tried to. And I thought, man, one of these guys is going to break. They're going to feel convicted and they're going to fucking just start crying right now. Just start bawling saying, I did it. I'm sorry. I repent. Forgive me. What he said was, whoever did this, because you're doing it during spiritual emphasis week, you are being used as an instrument of the devil. All this did was cause a distraction. The devil looks for footholds to get in. He looks for cracks, and he found one. <laughs> so I look at a they couple found of, your crack. <laughs> they, found, they found my crack. And it was a large crack. They filled it apparently, in. and they filled it with <laughs> they filled righteousness. It, they filled it with a spirit of conviction. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Thing is, let, can we talk about that though? Not not about the the prank itself. We put the walls back. Everything was fine, and I didn't hear anything about it because not one of us said anything. I don't know if anybody said anything up to this point about it ever before. So, guys, the other four guys that were responsible for this, if you are listening at some point or another, I'm sorry for confessing. Uh, I hope that it doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. But Ben will never let them know who you are. Yeah, no, I'll never, I'll never tell, I'll never snitch. Snitches get stitches, bitch. <laughs> shit shit bro no so so let's talk about that for a second the, the whole instrument of the devil concept or you know we were Church talking speak. about the devil yeah the devil made me do it or um like for example uh, one thing that i've heard uh even just from regular churchgoers is their car didn't start in the morning so they might live like three blocks away from the church, but their car didn't start in the morning and they couldn't possibly walk to church. The devil caused their car not to start. Not the fact that their alternator went out. Yeah. Couldn't be that. It was the devil that came down after uh, an entire day of starving children and uh, causing global war. He came down to pull the alternator out of your car. Yeah, that's exactly my point. It's yeah. like, do you uh, really? Is is the, the the devil that is the devil really that that fixated on on Americans that uh, that every single uh, Christian American that goes to church they don't go to church or they can't go to church because of some transportation fault uh, it, that's a cause of the devil the devil caused that well it's it's since it's, when has the devil been omniscient or omnipotent like wh- when does he have those attributes exactly well it devoids people of personal accountability you know. The reason why you don't want to go to church, the reason why you don't want to give a thousand dollars, you know, twenty five should be enough. But the reason why you don't give a thousand dollars is be, it's not because it, it's not because you have bills. It's not even because Christ laid it on your heart. Now nah, this guy's crooked. Satan's it's because, creeping up in that fear. Exactly. It's it's all about the <laughs> devil making you do it, and it, it. But it takes away that accountability. See, I beat my wife, or I force. You know, for example, like that story I was telling you off air. I treat my wife terribly. And I oh, ask her, to, and I ask her to do things <laughs> specifically because it's the devil. It has nothing to oh. do with, you know, my my uh, situation or my wants or desires. Not that I treat my wife badly. I love my wife very much, Jackie. I love oh, you. but we have a confession. But we have a confession. <laughs> but no, that's, that's but, easy for me to say. Like I, I could be a complete dickhead, like a complete asshole to everybody, and say, Psh, 
Right. No, that's the, that's the devil's influence on my life. Exactly. And then you, and that's not me. And then you have a personal Renaissance that, you know, makes you better. And it's like, Oh, well this pastor did it. See, he did it because you bought 14 things, which is hope parents never find out in a purpose purpose driven life. And all of a sudden you're a nice little, uh, uh, bow tied, uh, uh, faith chapel goer. And then uh, everything's better. But again, it, it devoids the, the entire accountability side of it. And it doesn't address who you are as a person. You don't end up loving God or loving others because of that situation. You do it because, well, obviously the devil made you do it. You heard that a lot in the 90s. A kid would light his house on fire with his parents inside. And his excuse was, well, the devil made me do it. Yep. And that was actually a valid excuse for a lot of churches. The church I went to down in the South Florida The devil in the video the games way. made me do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Doom. Yeah. Doom. Remember oh, the whole thing with oh, Doom coming yeah. out? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, that's, that's another why they one of those ban- culture that's, things. Yeah, that's what they blamed the Columbine uh, shootings on was yep. uh, Doom. Doom. The first they played Doom, shooting. and, yep. uh, you know, that's why. That's why the devil snuck into their hearts. Right. It goes on today. Uh, they just blame video games today. Uh, just recently, it, it, uh, uh, Trump had a whole... Uh, uh, council that went after to find out, you know, the impact on video games. And it's like, and then I shared that meme on Facebook where it's Hitler playing Xbox and it goes, uh, an early picture of Hitler learning how to kill Jews. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't mean to share it, but it was funny. <clears throat> meme. He didn't mean to share it. Uh, I, no, I meant to share it. It was it was hilarious. You share that on Facebook. Hitler with a smile playing ex- with an Xbox controller in his hand. And it's like <laughs> early photos of Hitler learning how to do the Third Reich. But again, it all goes back to that. You, when you take away personal accountability, you're taking away your idea of free will. And you're surrendering it to a religion who says, well, that wasn't you. It was the devil. So... Here, here's how we're going to reprogram here's you. Here's this. Oh God, I can't wait to tell our listeners that. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's a story we keep to ourselves. No, it's it's happening. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's all part of that deprogramming, kind of like what the Marines do to their uh, recruits. You got to break down who they were to create who they want you to be, and that's essentially what churches do. Terry, I'm curious. Have you ever been uh, witness to, like, as a as a group of of uh, Christians, uh, ever come up to you? Let me tell you about Jesus. They've tried. Okay, so I, I'm curious to know have have any of those approaches ever been like if you if you don't accept Christ, you're going to hell? Like, was it ever? Uh, Usually, it was the Jehovah's Witnesses. They'd, oh. uh Pop a little card in the doorway. Oh, okay. Um, They're pretty hands Yeah, you know, you, you, you look at it, and it's like, uh, the devil's coming for you. Gotcha. Co- come talk to us, and we'll make sure that he doesn't come for you. Well, but the thing is, the only reason they're doing that is so that they can get into heaven. You know that, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's a quota. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, no, it's I like, saved five people, yeah. so I get to tier one five of people. heaven. Yeah. <laughs> well, Why not ten? You know, originally it was only supposed to be 188,000 people, you know, but they had to increase that because population increased, you know, so, uh, but I'm serious. I know. And, well, the only other things that I would uh, see would be the little booklets of the uh, the comics of the kids on Halloween going out and then uh, somehow ending up in the devil's pit and uh, oh, <laughs> because they're eating too nice. much candy. Uh, I'm sure you've seen those. In yeah. Those, uh, oh, yeah. But I don't know. It, it's... 
It's insane. But I have never been approached by a group of Christians. You better so. act right or you're going to burn in hell. What about yeah. that old Asian guy on the uh, corner of Central and 24th who's screaming into the microphone? The Lord says. Was he Asian? Um, I, I don't I don't see color. Yeah. Yes, you do. China. Uh, <laughs> China. Just because you're native doesn't mean... <laughs> China. Yeah, it's indigenous. indigenous peoples. I thought it was American Indians. Whatever. What is the term you'd like to be called? Can I say Indian? Terry. Indian? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do have a name, if you, if you didn't notice. But, uh, yeah. I, I, Terry. Yeah. So just call me Terry. Josh says, you. what is it that you'd like to be called? So then he says, well, I prefer indigenous. So then now he just calls him indigenous from now on. So indigenous yeah. Terry? Really? <laughs> that, that, yeah. It's like, uh, was it Injun Joe from uh, Huck Finn? Man, you might as well just call him Token Terry. Yeah. <laughs> T squared. <laughs> you can call us the colonist conquerors. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the immigrants. That's true. I hey, I'm all for We're that. We're the culture stealers. Yes. <laughs> if it weren't for us, you wouldn't be here. Corn. Corn. Maze. Maze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but again. <laughs> but, uh, oh. But you, you honestly never were, were approached by. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, let me rephrase that question. Have you ever stumbled across a Christian who was uh, preaching fire and brimstone on a street corner, or stumbled into a church where all you heard about was "you're going to hell unless"? No, just the uh, Bible camps I went to. That's where the the main oh, fear yeah. came from. Well, was the Glacier uh, Bible Camp, like in Hungry Horse. Yeah, I'm you, sure. sure. Yeah, you're you're going to burn in hell. Yeah. Just letting you know, that's what they say, that's what they start out with. Yeah, well, I got a quick story about Hungry Horse, and I've told you and your wife this before. Uh, there's a, obviously the Bible camp that Terry and Ben have been talking about, I attended as well, uh, never as a counselor or anything. Uh, I went there as a kid, and I, I, went, to, uh, I went to Hungry Horse, uh, this Glacier Bible camp one time, and I went with my mother. Uh, it, oh. was a, it was a singles, it was a weekend for single moms, um, Did they handle snakes? No, uh, oh. but this gets even better. Snakes and sparklers. I had <laughs> those are my favorite. Uh, but I went there one time and uh, for this event, and it was supposed to be moms and their and their um, their kids. Uh, it was about reviving uh, the single moms. Was it uh, actually called a revival? Yeah, it was. I, I swear oh, to God. Oh and um, so I went, it's and um, it, you know, it was a good time for the most part. But at this point in my uh, in my youth journey. I was smoking and chewing tobacco, you know, chewing, uh, chewing tobacco. And uh, so I brought a pack of Marlboro Reds and I made the mistake one day of going out to the lake and it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was smoking and uh, there was a, uh, another gal there and um, we were making out and everything was fine and she bummed a smoke for me. Well, when she went back uh, to her bunk with her mom, her mom smelled the cigarette uh, on her and asked her how she got a cigarette. And she said there was some boy uh, who had cigarettes. Well, I didn't know this. A very at the time. short, portly boy. I was not short. <laughs> I'm six foot a hundred, bitch. Anyway, um, so I, I, so the next day we're all kind of walking around, and the guy who ran this camp, his name was uh, El- Eldon, Alden, something like that. No, Elder. 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 Keith Elder. Keith Elder. That's it. He would ride around on a four wheeler, and he was just this big dude. And I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm not talking bad about him, but I just remember him pulling up in his big four-wheeler and he is pissed screaming at us 
And uh, I didn't know. I, I immediately didn't know what was going on. Uh, although I had an idea because I'm the only one with the pack of smokes on the entire uh, uh, Glacier Bible Camp on the campus. Yeah. Well, he was mad because somebody had pulled the power cords to all the trailers. Was that you? No, oh. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I just brought the smokes. But he well, was, if you're gonna smoke a cigarette, you're gonna pow, pull some power. Uh, I, no, the for real. The devil made you do it. The yeah. devil made me do it. And Distraction. But I didn't do it that time. Instrument of that the time. Devil. So you did it before. But I know, I know, I look guilty as shit because I thought it was about cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, he was mad, and anyway. uh, he. So that night we go to chapel, and as Ben had said, the chapel was uh, about three hours, three and a half hours long, full of speaking in tongues and people flopping around on the ground, and this particular youth group of girls from Helena laughing their asses off uh, with the joy of the Lord or something, and. Uh, yeah spirit of joy or yeah yeah or whatever it was La- laughing in the holy spirit Ex- there you go yeah. well then all of a sudden this the person who was leading the entire uh thing gets up there and says now there have been reports that there is a young man on campus who has a short a- fat man <laughs> approximately Continue. six feet a hundred <laughs> a pack of smokes <laughs> you sons of bitches and uh and we want him to step forward because he has the spirit of addiction. Oh, oh, the spirit. That's the thing. If you ever want it to be called a bad thing, you can, or a good thing, you can say the spirit of, and then whatever is after that, it has a negative connotation. Spirit of addiction. Spirit of masturbation. Spirit of masturbation. <laughs> sure, I, I have the spirit of masturbation. <laughs> Sometimes twice daily. Oh, yeah. God. This is a Christian podcast. Uh, it's very healthy to do. Gosh. Or, or the spirit moves through me. Or a principality. Uh, that's the other one. Yeah. It's a principality. Darkness. Principality. Yeah. The spirit of addiction. Mind you, Continue. I have the pack of cigarettes in my sock. And I'm sitting next to my mother, and I'm like, man. Was it rolled up? Like, was it a big Hell old square? Yeah. It looked like you were on house arrest. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm the only kid at a campus wearing jeans. It's like... This yeah. kid's hiding something. Yeah, it, it rolled up in his sock because his tank top didn't have sleeves. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what happened when I didn't step forward? He started. Uh, exactly. And uh, and then he casted out the demon of addiction and said, "Whoever has the cigarettes, you're throwing it away right now. No. I know it." <laughs> you just sat there twiddling your thumbs. Yes, sir. I was like, I was, I, I had my nose in revelations. Time for just a nice up cold like fresca. Fresca. <laughs> Frosty you by. And uh, yeah, so we get back and my mother the entire time was like, I don't know who was it. I'm sure glad I have a good boy like you. And I'm yeah. the one that had the cigarettes. And was, <laughs> yeah, mom. So I, Me too. But you know what I did? Because then what happened was uh, bunk searches after that. And oh. I, went, I went out to the lake and smoked my last cigarette and threw it out into the lake. You know, I wonder if those same guys refer refer to other things like with a spirit, like, oh man, I'm not feeling well to get, today. I got a spirit of diarrhea. <laughs> I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's a spirit a of a hangover. <laughs> spirit of a hangover. I got the spirit of pornography research. <laughs> you want? You, I, I emphasize the word research. It's it's for research purposes only. That's right. You know, and uh, well, you got to think about what. Well, how do the priests who have been, oh. been accused of fondling little boys, I mean, how, how do they, you know... Uh, what, they say, uh, I've been, I've been, oh, I have a spirit of lust. Lust of what? Yeah. 
You know, like pedophilia, a, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's not a, a spirit, spirit, dude. That that that's takes a, some personal accountability. That's an action. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but yet those 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 men are still up there leading, you know, the flock, and they're the same ones who are demanding tithes. They're the same ones who are coming up with these monikers and lines to to indoctrinate you to make you think that you're less of a person or less of a Christian. And look, like we said in the last couple, you know, the last two podcasts that you listened to. Um, Jesus gave two commandments and everything after that. And of course, later on in our podcast, we'll get into what it means to love Christ and love others. But for now, later in this podcast, no, Oh God, we don't have enough time for that. But I mean, what, when you start at where it began and you see where it's become, you honestly get a, a good picture of what the church, um, you know, how they separated the commandment of Christ to the command to their own commandment, the commandment of religion, exactly what Caiaphas and the Sadducees, Pharisees, and the Sanhedrin did to the to the church of Jesus' time. You kind of get an idea of what they what they were trying to accomplish because it's happening again today. And that's what why Ben and I and Terry, we decided to come up with this podcast so that we can essentially take on what Jesus did and confront the Caiaphases and the Sadducees and the Pharisees of today and what they're doing to you to make you feel the way you feel. Yeah, confront the religious hokey pokey. Exactly. And yeah. understand that this whole thing breaks down to there's no lines, there's no books that you need to read. You know, and I tell people all the time, if you're if you're on the fence, just read John. Read the Gospel of John. Listen to what Christ says and then listen to what the church is telling you. And you can I don't even need to spell it out for you at that point. You know. Jesus never said, I'm rebuking the spirit of lust in you. No, Jesus spoke directly to the person and said, rise and sin no more. There was no spirit. There was no principality. There was none of this hokey pokey spirit bullshit that Jesus had confronted. Jesus essentially walked up to a woman and said, oh, you're a prostitute? Well, they're not going to kill you. Rise and sin no more. Oh, Matthew, you're doing the most despicable thing a Jew could do? It's okay. Put it down. Follow me. That was it. There was no other... Uh, there's no other laws or rules or things that they had to yeah, follow. Didn't say, give me five dollars and then follow me. Exactly for for anointed Shekels. prayer oil. Hell, <laughs> Jesus even knew that. Uh, Shekels. Jesus Drop even knew them. that the that the disciple who was going to uh, uh, betray him was skimming off the top. Yeah. Oh he, yeah. I mean, Jesus didn't care about those things. So when skimming I look at off the, the top and could be bought. Exactly. He, he exactly. Was making money hand over fist. Exactly. And Jesus knew that. But that. But again, that's the example. That's what the church has become. They will skim off the top. They're going to they're going to get rich on on your tithes, and then at the same time condemn you because you're not part of their cookie cutter uh, Christian society that they've created. And that's exactly what Jesus flipped tables over, my friend. That's exactly what Jesus came to destroy. And yet we found ourselves going back to that. It's a giant hamster wheel. Just when you think you've ma- made edgeway, you know, like I, I've become I've become uh, more. Uh, more of a Christian, I'm closer to Christ, there's more steps for you to do. There's more things for you to do. And what's crazy is is that fear and guilt is cultivated out of joy and happiness. Because with, with, with Christ, you know, when you say, oh, okay, accept Christ, and obviously when you accept Christ, it's not, after you accept Christ, it should never be painted as all roses, you know, and everything else. But truthfully, in, in American society, how, how are Christians really, really persecuted? I mean, we, we do have uh, so much, but again, give so little. Um, the thing is, though, when you accept Christ, you're told, you know, that joy, that peace, that happiness that you find. Um, but yet, 
what I'm hearing uh, from from pastors isn't joy, peace, and happiness. It's telling you everything that you're doing wrong to get you to uh, conform or or be controlled to continue to go to that church or to continue to give money or to continue uh, on this walk that they want you to have, not the relationship with Christ, uh, the relationship with the church. And those are two totally different things today. Right. No, exactly. And and again, but. The, they're conflating the two things, uh, a believer or even an on-offenser, on-the-fencer or uh, an agnostic. They conflate those two, and it's easy to do that. And I don't even—I'm not even judging them for that, because I, as a believer, still conflate those two issues. Because we're so indoctrinated and programmed to believe that this pastor or the church speaks on behalf of Jesus Christ, and yet we we hear words like "Let the Holy Spirit move through you." I mean, those things, you know. They make you believe that with the right kind of piano key, but th- but that it's lost that the Holy Spirit doesn't move through us anymore, uh, or through the pastor anymore, because he's not preaching for the Holy Spirit. He's not preaching for Jesus. He says the right things, make you a believer, but it's not a believer to to save your soul. It's to create an army of of financial gain and support. He's preaching for himself, exactly, and so that they can build bigger churches. They can say, yeah, we're helping the homeless. How? You know, there's a church here in Billings, and I mentioned it before. They make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars per year by donations, and then they'll tell you all these outreach programs that they're that they're making or that they're funding. But the, what they're funding is peanuts compared to what they're bringing in. So where peanuts. is the money going? You said peanuts. Yeah, I did say peanuts. Okay, good. Peanuts. Uh, that means I don't have to edit that. No, it's not a Catholic church that they're going to. Um, but I feel attacked. You are attacked. But <laughs> I mean, like I told you in the last podcast with the story of the guy, the, the guy that I brought in that needed help. You mean to tell me you can't spare $400 out of the 12 million that you brought in last year? But Hell you're not no. saved. No, you're not saved. You don't go to this church. You're not a member of this church. Why would I help you? Exactly. That's, but that's, and that, that's what's crazy is like, okay, well, unless you belong to this church, I'm, I'm not going to help you. Well, what the hell is the church for then? What are, what's it for? Flashy lights and big signs. Oh, so that we can all come together and be be built up by one another, so that we can all come together and be re-energized. For what? What are you guys doing that you need all of this energy for? What did Christ say about loving? He said, you know, if you love, if you only love those who love you back, where's the reward in that? Yeah, there's not. But that, but that comes from the the that comes from the very man who established this church, and yet. Again, like you're saying, to go with what you're saying, then you're seeing these pastors doing the exact opposite. Well, if you're not part of this church, it can't help you. There's no reward of that. There's no reward in only helping the congregation. It's like getting a stimulus check from this whole COVID-19. It's like, hey, you're welcome. We're giving you a check that you've already paid into. It's yeah. like, well, I don't, I, I tithe to this church. Now I'm going back to ask for $400. You're like, well, good. Yeah, because you paid into it. But what about the guy who hasn't paid into that church? All he needs is a little bit of grace and tender mercy from you. It'll help him get housed. It'll reestablish his life. It'll help his mental health and his physical health. But yeah. you're saying no, because A, he's not a Christian the way you think he should be. And B, it's because he doesn't go to your church. That's bullshit. That's not what Christ Right. Established on this church. That's why he flipped over tables. That's why he looked Caiaphas in the face and said, I am the son of God because you're not. Yeah. So stop pretending to be. What what are they really providing? Not a damn thing. Exactly. Free coffee. If you come to our church, free childcare. So you can sit through and listen to more indoctrination. You you forgot about like a, a light and music show. Ooh, and fog machines. Yeah, right. I don't mean to get so animated about it, but that, but to me, when I'm talking to an atheist, and agnostic, animated. and on the fencer, 
But when I'm talking to those people, it's hard for me to to have them um, distinguish the difference between the church and what it's become in religion versus what the faith is. That's why I agree with you on the first episode, Ben. Like five minutes in the episode, you said, I'm not a Christian. And I say to myself, I'm not a Christian either because that represents the, the religion and church that it's become. I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah. And and that's and that really is the difference here. I'm not asking you to be a Christian. I'm asking you to consider becoming a follower of Christ because what Christ did is the uh, antithesis of what the church has become. You know, as you explained that, Josh, about the whole uh, deal with uh, Faith Chapel, uh, me being an agnostic and not attending uh, church services uh, very much. I mean, I, I do go with you from time to time to Faith Chapel. Harvest. Our harvest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, Josh, I do go with you to uh, Harvest Church from uh, time to time. I th- think the last time I went with you was, I don't know, it's been a while. I but I've gone to um, Christmas uh, services with you. I haven't been to church in like 10 years. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> but that's the uh, the thing is uh, somebody... Um, with the lack of faith that I have, it, it's hard for me to enter back into a uh, natural uh, building, a church, um, to go over or to uh, look into something that can focus on my beliefs as a human being. You know, um, it's it's hard for me to find a church that would uh, cater to me as a person, my individuality. You know, I <clears throat> I don't want to go to a church where all they do is pass the plate, where they sing a little bit, speak in tongues, jump around, jump up, jump up, and jump down. <laughs> and jump down. Yeah. I'm the cream of the crop. <laughs> I'm the cream of the crop. <laughs> yeah. No, but... Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's hard for yep. me to, as an agnostic, to actually go into a church nowadays. It's Unless, you know, it's it's from, I'd say, one of you, but it's just you, Josh. That, yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, not not Ben. Well, I mean, Satan. honestly, I, I didn't go to church either for a long time. And it was for all these same reasons that I'm bringing up today. Uh, I found a church that was uh, more closer to what I experienced or what I wanted to experience. And I found it. I just tell people, I ask people to go with me just because it's good to hear um, something other than death and destruction and despair that we hear all the time about, you know, one minute it's a virus and the next minute it's World War Three, and the next minute it's, you know, murder hornets and, uh, you know, whatever else is going to come down and, you know, screw us in the ass. Um, well, now it's going to be bears with chainsaws. Bears with, with jetpacks. <laughs> with jetpacks. And they can walk on walls. Yeah, uh, yeah. And also, too, I mean, I, I did my research with the particular pastor that, that preaches there, Vern. He, you know, he breaks down the Hebrew meaning of certain words, and it changes the, changes the direction of the verse. So, um, you know, sometimes it's good to hear that because when you, when you have a pastor that just preaches mysticism, and tells you to believe just because he's God. And he ha- you know you have to believe or else you're going to strike you down and go to hell. After a while, you're just like, all right, well, I'm good. Um, you know, sometimes it's good to hear because I think really it all, it all boils down to a personal relationship with Christ versus a personal relationship with the church. Absolutely. In my uh, 
you know, my up, up, upbringing um, throughout my life, basically through my entire life right now, the only thing that I, I remember most about any church service or um, anything to do with religion is hell. Like, all it was was just focus on hell. You're going to hell. You know, you read books about people going to hell. You get these glimpses of what hell really is. And, you know, I don't want to be a part of a religion that just focuses on hell. No. And, and the whole idea of church or the whole idea, you know, when Christ established the church on, on earth, it, it was more about practicing your faith, getting stronger in your abilities to, to you know, go to others. Um and not just convert them to Christianity. That was the last thing he would do. Uh, you know, when, when, when Christ would go from town to town to town, uh, he didn't go there. The last thing he would do was preach. The first thing he would do was feed others, heal the sick. Wash uh, their feet. Wash their, oh man. I yep. mean, I mean, all jokes. I mean, really, this, I'm not trying to joke here. This is for real. But that, Christ washing the feet of people who were less than him is so significant. To what, who he was. And well, because why it was a representation he that he was le- that he was better than no one. Exactly, dude. You know, like uh, when, when you wash someone's Absolutely. when you wash someone's feet by choice, not because you're enslaved to do so. When you wash someone's feet by choice, at least culturally, then I mean, it was one of the one of the greatest ways that you could show servanthood and love from one individual, from one person to another. Uh, you know, not because today, I mean, you say it now and it's like, man, maybe they just got a foot fetish or they're really yeah. weird about that. Well, I hope somebody's recording me while I do this. <laughs> that's, no. that's what, that's oh, what yeah. it is. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what we picture. talked about uh, in our last episode. Take was, a picture of me. I'm feeding, feeding yeah. these Ethiopians. Well, look, look what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. I'm righteous. I'm, I'm saving these dogs all for Christ's kingdom. I gave this homeless person two quarter pounders and directions to the homeless shelter. Look at me. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, click like and share. You know, for yeah. real. That, that, like Ben's saying, that was the ultimate uh, uh, act s- act of love uh, to wash people's feet back then, and for Christ to do that, um, and doing that with people that He knew were going to screw Him in the end. I mean, you know, when you when you process that and you understand that the church was established around somebody like that, and then to see what it's become. Again, church is not about what it's become. A church is where you're supposed to practice your faith, get stronger in your faith. And what that means to get stronger in your faith and practice your faith is to do what Christ did. So when you go to church, you're supposed to go to a place where it empowers you to go to the homeless without without a camera on you or without um, any praise or anything that comes with it. But to be able to go to a place that teaches you how to love somebody who doesn't love you back. And that's not what it's become. However, church should be what we just said before, uh, a place to practice and strengthen your faith. Yeah, you should never do it uh, to become more righteous in the eyes of man. You should never do something uh, for man's approval. Um, you should do something because you... You you genuinely want to help you somebody. Genu- exactly. You help people help have, others. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You genuinely want that. You, you genu- genuinely do not want to be a dickhead. Like, that's what it really, really comes down to. Like, you genuinely want to be a good person. And there will be there will be pastors that tell you when you go into a church, like, I'm a good person, you know, not not, you know, bragging about yourself, but say, you know, these are the things that I'm kind of doing on my own. How can you 
How can you elevate me to the next level? Uh, there will be pastors that will tell you, well, just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Without knowing your background, without knowing what you believe, they'll they'll tell you that straight yeah. up. I, I remember when I was a kid, dude, I was five years old and I saw this. Do you remember when they used to hand out Bible tracts uh, similar to the Jehovah's Witness? You were talking about yes. this earlier. They, they would hand out uh, Bible tracts or whatever. Well, in churches, in these Pentecostal churches that I went to when I was really young, uh, they had these tracts. Uh, on the exit doors uh, where you could grab them, you know, in case you wanted to witness to somebody else. Uh, and on one of these tracks, I remember this. And again, I was five and, and I still remember it to this day. It was a guy on the front. He says, well, I, I give, I give to local food banks. I don't mug old ladies. I'm a good person. And underneath it, it says, so what? You're still going to hell. Yeah. Confess your sins. And, Again, <laughs> yeah, or or else, or else. I mean, and when I look at the, you know, and I hate, I hate saying this, but when you look at the commandment of God, and it, He basically tells you how to go to heaven, it's a really simple commandment: believe, believe. And I, I, when you talk about those Bible tracks, Ben, I, I've read those as well because I yeah. went to an assembly of God, and and you know. They, they stress so much about good works and why that's not going to get you to heaven. I'm, I'm not saying that good works will get you to heaven. What I'm saying is look at the reasons why they're saying that to you. It's to become part of their uh, cult, you know, part of their congregation. Uh, well, if good works won't get me to heaven, how can I get to heaven? Well, why don't you come in Sunday and uh, make sure you have your pocket, your uh, pocketbook or your wallet ready. And uh, we can tell you. And again, when I, when you, when you separate the church and what it's become, when you separate that and you look just at what Christ did, because we're Christ followers, right? Christians are supposed to be Christ followers. So if you look exactly what Christ did, you see the pathway to heaven. He built relationships. Exactly. That was exactly what I was getting at. He built relationships. He did things out of love. I mean, hell, the, one of his last words while he was hanging on the cross was asking God to forgive them because they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, how... How boss is that, dude? How badass is that? And when you really like stop and think about being nailed to a piece of wood, hung up, whipped, beaten, your the the your flesh is covered. You have barely any blood left in your system. You've been completely abused and brought through the ringer. And the only thing that you muster up to say is, "God, please forgive them." I'd complain out the ass. Oh, dude! I, I tell you right now, man, these guys have no idea. They have no idea how good they have it. That's what I'd say. Got bored. Like I'm here. I'm here to save them. I'm here to 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 rescue them, to sacrifice for their sins. This is how I'm getting treated? Word. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how I'd respond. But that's how the church but if you look at what the church is saying to you now, that's what they're trying to tell you to do. Catholic Church, Assembly of God, really they're not they're no different when they do this. They put down this this guilt on you. And I don't remember Christ saying, "God forgive them. They should feel bad." but they don't know what they're doing, but they really should feel bad, make them feel horrible so that they end up killing themselves later. Christ didn't say that. So for churches to do that to you goes against every the, fa the very fabric of what Christ established on earth. So if you, if you want a really good example of this and you're willing to do it, just open up the Bible. I don't want you to read Leviticus. I want you to read John. Yeah, it's stay the fourth, away from the Old Testament. Yeah, the Old Testament doesn't mean anything right now. Christ established a new covenant. 
go into the fourth book. It's the it's the very last gospel, and it's different than the other three. And uh, you know, Ben can tell you why. I don't have the words on me right now, but if you read John, if you read John, um, really get into that because John doesn't spend a lot of time. Uh, like what Matthew, Mark, and Luke were trying to do. John just focused on why he's the son of God. And when you when you concentrate on why he was the son of God, and then you understand the sacrifice that he made, it, then when, you read it, when you're reading what he did on earth and the lessons and the sermons and the things like that, you understand that, the, you know, exactly what the church should be and what we should be doing for one another, not out of guilt, not out of... Uh, because your pastor's looking at you or because you're trying to get a thousand viewers or a thousand likes, you're understanding that it was built specifically out of love. Out of a love, yeah. Absolutely. Completely out of love. Jesus did not want anything in return. He didn't want a payment when he healed the leper or when he healed the 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 person who was lame, who couldn't walk, or the uh, the blind when he made the blind see, or when he saved the prostitute from being executed. He didn't want payment. He didn't want anything other than I just want your love. I want a relationship with you. I want to get to know you. Christ didn't come to earth. He, God is not saying love me or you're going to die. God is saying love me because you're destined to die. And I want to save you from that. That's what the church should be and that's not what it has become. So when you do go to a church, do your homework, okay? Question everything. A pastor worth his weight can answer any question that you have for them. A pastor worth his, you know, worth anything will sit there and tell you, Yes, I hear what you're saying, but it's not about that. It's about love. Question everything when you go to a church. Hey, and and while we're on that, uh, as we're wrapping up here, um, you know, I, I obviously it's a podcast where where we're we're talking the whole time, um, but we're talking about subscribe, like, follow, um, comments. I I would love to see comments, questions, concerns, anything. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, but what about this or what about that? You know, like in, in that regard, you know, like if you've got questions for us, because obviously if we're, we're we're asking you to question everything, we're asking you to question uh, what the pastor does or or what they don't do or or whatever. Send your questions our way, too. Um, I, I would love to see some feedback. Absolutely. Uh, not only would we love to see it, but we encourage it. Even if it's nasty, even if, if you have an issue with what we're saying, question us. Yeah. Even if you're telling me to kiss your ass, I, I'm, I'm OK with that. You know, like I, I can handle it. <laughs> no, for real, and, and and that also you brought you you brought up a really good point that I want to expand on. Part of podcasting is uh, that goal is to earn something from this, right? We're talking because we we feel convicted to bring this to you because we understand uh, a lot of the questions, a lot of the angst, a lot of the issues that you have around Christianity. But there's also another purpose for it, and that is to get subscribers, get advertisers, and move forward with. You know, if, if we become, you know, popular enough, whether it's hated or loved, it doesn't matter to us. If you subscribe, you want to hear the goal is to earn money from this. Right. Most podcasters, YouTubers, they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes, hundreds of thousands of subscribers and they have money. They have these big houses. I will tell you right now and you can reference this for the rest of our podcast as long as we have this going. Once we have enough uh, subscribers and advertisers to pay the bills, because right now everything that you see in front of us was purchased out of our own pockets. Once we paid off uh, what we put into this, and once we have the amount covered for monthly subscriptions, which is $40, any money that we make after this, any money that we make after the bills are paid are going directly to charity. 
we're not looking to get rich off of this. Ben, myself, Terry, all of us have all agreed that any money that has been made after the bills are paid, we're not looking to make. We're looking to give back. If we're going to tell people, uh, if we're going to tell you that churches should give every dollar that they get and tithe to put back into the community, you would expect us to do the exact same thing. And that's what we're going to do. So if you do choose to follow, like, subscribe, whatever your platform tells you to do, when advertisers start you know, offering us money, all the money that you're going to see come to us is going to get put back put right back into the community. Word up. <laughs> so once again, I want to thank you for listening, subscribing, following, whatever your platform yes. is telling you to do. Please, if you hear it, like, subscribe, follow, right. whatever. Follow, yeah, tweet, what, Twitter. Tweet, tweet, yeah, we're on Twitter. Uh, I don't know uh, exactly what our handle is. Um, if you do have any questions, you can email us at uh, grit.contact.us at gmail.com uh, if you send us an email I can send you uh, until I become more savvy I with, thought you were going to use your personal email hell no <laughs> uh, but uh, I can give you the direct link until I get more savvy with our name or find out a way I don't know anything about this stuff Maria's handling that Yep. you can also comment on our Facebook page that's right uh, not you, Facebook not Facebook uh, but Facebook uh, any questions or comments you have there. Um, but I want to say thank you to all of us. And, um, and for the next episode, I think, uh, you know, this brings up a really good point, um, that we need to discuss further. Terry, you were talking about it. What was the next series or the next episode you wanted to discuss? Well, what I had uh, suggested was the, uh, way, uh, or how Christianity is forced on, onto people. Um, for example, like with me being a uh, native American, um, you know, my ancestors were forced into missions, um, sent to boarding schools. Um, and the, uh, quote was from, uh, Sir John A. Macdonald. I think he was the prime minister in uh, Canada at the time. Uh, he had, you know, he wanted to take the Indian out of the child and thus solve what was referred to as the Indian problem, basically forcing Christianity down our throats. Uh, being punished for speaking our own language, uh, being assimilated into white culture, which is now America. Yeah, Jesus. definitely. So uh, episode four will focus um, primarily on um, what Christianity has done historically, the damage that is done to both indigenous populations and African populations. Um, and to separate uh, fact from fiction um, as it, as it uh, refers to um, white settlers and white people who are claiming to do things in the name of Christ. So again, thanks for your listen, like subscribe, follow whatever your platform says. This is grit raw unpolished Christianity. <laughs>